0: hey there welcome to the show wow can you believe it it's march already and uh you know i can't believe the numbers that are coming in regarding real estate actually you're gonna be quite surprised with today's show and so instead of me always talking you know just as the talking head here uh, i am bringing in a special guest um he's been with me numerous times over the years And, you know, I consider him a friend. I consider him uh, probably one of the top agents in the world. And so, frankly, it was going to be joining me here in studio. Frank is uh, got an incredible team with REMAX West. So we are going to talk to him in in a couple minutes. But um, just so you know, you know, we're taking a look at what's going on in the market and uh, staggering numbers uh, that a lot of people, I think, are misinterpreting. So I do want to make sure we put some clarity behind all of them and make sure you know what is going on in the world of real estate and speaking of the world real estate we've just announced our next seminar webinar that's right coming up on Thursday April the 27th 7 p.m you can join me here in studio for our next simple seminar webinar and uh, I am going to talk to you about how you can manage through these high interest rates and still have positive cash flow with your investment real estate and yeah you know what I'm gonna leak out a special release uh, you don't want to miss this opportunity it's kind of one of a lifetime and that's how I'm gonna leave it with you there will be more information coming up and again that's only on uh, Thursday April the 27th here with the simple seminar webinar and you don't want to miss out so you can go to the simpleinvestor.com to uh to to register and don't forget to follow me on Instagram the simple investor one but You know, enough of me, you know, one of the things, as I said, um, you know, joining me here in the studio, it's been, it's it's great to see him again. It's been a while since I've actually been in front of him. We've talked, you know, via phone and things like that. And Frank, welcome
1: back. Thank you for having me, Todd. Uh, It's
0: a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thanks. And you know what? I'm so glad you were able to make it out to our new studio. It's been pretty exciting. Uh, You know, we've had a lot of guests joining us. I couldn't wait to get you in. You know, we were talking to our producer, Ian Grant, and I said, hey, can you get Frank to come in? And. Sure enough, here you are. So great to see you today.
1: And it's a great studio. So my compliments. You did a great job here.
0: Thank you so much. So, you know, you and I've got a lot to unfold today because, you know, obviously real estate isn't the same as when we last spoke (laughs) and, you know, it's been a little while and a whole lot of, you know, changes going on in the marketplace. Obviously Bank of Canada rate has had the biggest impact we could possibly see, but um, let's talk about kind of closing out of 2022. Let's talk about you, your team, you know, uh, I know your overall reach Southern Ontario, you know, you're definitely having a huge impact on the real estate market. Tell me what did 2022 finally finish up for in your camp?
1: You know, you know, from a sales perspective, I think that uh, real estate is is very important and we've been very lucky to be able to help so many families buy and sell homes so we've had a, a great year and even continue on to this year and that may be contrary to some of the stats that we're seeing come out and uh, I, I know that the public is very concerned that they're getting you know this information coming out from the the number of sales with the percentage of sales drop uh, from last year now i want to maybe share with the, the public and remind them that last year the first quarter of last year january february and into march was just crazy ridiculous it was people were almost uh, at a frenzy and so when we compare it to that frenzied market that first quarter of last year to this year you know it's it's not as good absolutely it has adjusted because that was not sustainable that was not a market that that was real it was based on speculation people rushing in they have to buy before it goes even higher and we were you know telling our clients say hey, listen this is not A real market it's going to correct itself it has to because it was going at too hot a pace and that is not a real market before that we had a more consistent growth that was more sustainable and that's the market we should really compare it to not that three months if you bought in those three months i'm sorry yes there is an adjustment but prior to that we're doing well
0: yeah and you know that's a really good point frank because you know you and i talk you know throughout different times through marketplaces and when we see a market like that that uncontrollable frenzy where people are going in. They don't even know if they qualify. They're going in with firm offers. And I know one of the things that you teach your team is that, look, you know, and and, and you and I talk about this, you know, it's not about us. You know, when, when, when you talk about realtors, it's not about the realtor. It's about the client you got to represent them the best that you possibly can. But there were people that were just throwing caution to the wind. I mean, you know, they get qualified for, let's say a, a million dollar mortgage and, and, and they go firm knowing that they needed one point three, they didn't even get qualified for it. And then you know, all the aftermath is like now they've got to either come up with more money or they gotta get co-signers. They gotta do things that just almost make no sense.
1: Well, you're saying you're preaching to the choir and and obviously the problem with 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 the people who've done that, they're not true investors. They're speculators. They're they're just, you know, people who are looking for that uh quick buck. And and you find that even as well in pre-construction where people were buying not with the intention of keeping the property or renting it out or, you know, an investment, they were looking at that as a flip. So I'm going to sell the contract and I'll never have to close. Well, that's not real. I mean, you have to know your numbers. You have to know that you can qualify. And if you do, you know, simple, um, uh, countable, uh, you know, uh, check out your, your finances and make the right moves, you're going to be fine. But it's those people who are speculating. And I can't tell you how many people I spoke to probably under the age of 30, 35, that told me that you can never lose a real estate because it never goes down.
0: <laughs> and you and I've both been in the real estate world for a little while. So we know that there is the ebb and flow, you know, and, and I mean, as, as some of the youth, you know, obviously they weren't around in 88, but, um, you know, there was the, 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 the crash of the market back 88, 89, where people saw a big adjustment, 30%. And. You know, when, when, when you talk about that, you know, it's interesting that, you know, when, when you bring up the the speculation play and when people turn around and they buy brand new from a builder and with the intent that, hey, you know what, I'll, I'll never have to close. So they don't even go and get qualified for the mortgage. They just sit there and say, oh, you can flip paper. It's so easy. Well, the problem that they also forget is that, uh, you know, the big bad wolf of the CRA, they turned around and, and they bolstered the number of CRA reps that were going to track down those people assigning. And, you know, for edification is that when you sell by assignment, that's all considered income that year to you. So a lot of people don't realize what they just did to their income tax.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, those are, those are the things that people need to know. And and unfortunately, uh, a lot of caution was, was left behind. One of the things that um, I think was that the sentiment overall was the fear of missing out that prices were going so high that if I don't buy now, I'll never be able to buy in the future, you know, and that was of course not true. And so this is that adjustment in understanding and in realization is actually good for everyone because real estate long-term is the best investment. It's made the most millionaires, but it's not speculation. And, the, and when you take the speculation out of it, we have a great, great uh, uh, method of, of, of creating wealth over time
0: yeah and you know it's interesting because a lot of people and and you know one of the one of the things i learned in the early days was that you know i I, I talked to a lot of people and and some of them were new immigrants and when as soon as they landed in canada they knew to buy a house but they didn't sell the house what they did was they'd rent it out and then buy another house then buy another house right and they have multiple properties and and you know you've got these would-be landlords but they were just people that knew that hey listen you don't sell real estate because I think a lot of the people nowadays, these, these people that hop in like a speculator, they treat it like a stock. And, you know, there's no way that you should ever look at real estate like a stock because it's not like that. It's always should be deemed a long-term thing, even if it's your primary residence, right? You know, I do encourage people that when they they buy their first home, hey, if you're able to keep it when you move up, turn it into a rental property. You got lots of equity there. You don't have to, you know, realize anything. You just turn around and keep them moving. But the reality is people think, you know, and, and, and I think that that's part of what you were alluding to, that people just thought, hey, you know, I'm going to jump in here, make some money, jump in here. And, and, and it was like they were trading
1: it like it was Bitcoin. Exactly. And, you know, if you look at the true great investors of our, of our time, um, you know, it's about time in the market and, and holding on to, to your to your investments so they have a chance to grow. The problem people don't realize is every time you transact that investment, you're buying and selling. There's a friend that comes to visit you. It's called the tax taxman. And they take part of that. So you're not getting the growth that you otherwise would if you kept it for a longer period of time. Because if you keep it, it's growing on the total amount. When you sell it, it's growing on the after-tax amount, which is less. And so this is something people don't understand. And you should never keep trading. It's buy and hold. Make a good decision when you're buying. And you never have to worry about it. Just hang on to it for as long as you can.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm sorry. You made me laugh when you said that you're your good friend the tax. <laughs> it's like not too many people I know, especially now that we're coming into March, coming into tax season. There's like, hey, I get to pay my friend this month.
1: You know, <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I say with a little bit of humor.
0: I agree. I can see. I can see the expression. If, if our listeners could could see, if, you know, it's all in good fun. So you know, it is. You know, so if we wrap up and kind of give a synopsis of of 2022, you know. Uh, if we pull back to twenty twenty one big, big volume, you know uh, one hundred and twenty six thousand sales in the greater Toronto area, but you know staggering number seventy five roughly seventy six um in twenty twenty
1: two that's a that's a really big change in volume it is uh, but but uh, twenty twenty was a a special year. and we have to uh, you know understand that uh, you know what's happened since then has created an environment to make it special in the sense that we were at home, we realized how much our home meant to us. It was our, our, our workplace, our school place, our, you know, fun place. It was everything. And so people made moves to accommodate that new reality. And so that made the sales go up to 121,000, which is fantastic because they moved to different parts of the, the city even outside the city I mean you know movement was was not by any means a a smaller distance it was a large distance just for comfort because they can get a lot more value where they were going so that made sense yeah next year things got back to normal you have to go back to work you you realize what you you know what you need and some people you know they didn't make the move there wasn't that necessity anymore they've already made that big move the year before so you kind of took that necessary move out of the equation so there's less of a move that's absolutely normal but that was extraordinary that that particular year 121 that's a record year
0: yeah yeah definitely so um frank we're gonna go to a quick break but i want you to stay put folks um i've got uh frank leo here from remax west in the studio with me great to have him joining me and uh you know we've got lots more to to unwrap when we come back And don't forget to follow me on Instagram. You know, we're putting up a lot more content. I've got some great producers behind me now, and uh, it's really exciting. So uh, stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. If you're just tuning in, my guest today in studio with me is Frank Leo. And you know, you're going to hear, you're actually going to hear Frank and my um, ads on a lot of the different radio stations. Great to have Frank back here uh, in studio with me. And, uh, Frank, of course you are with Remax West and, um, you know, a great conversation so far regarding real estate, but I do want to, you know, obviously, you know, drill down on something and, and get your perspective on the bank of Canada, you know, um, a lot, you know, the year before, you know, basically coming into, coming into 2022, but in 2021, you know the bank of canada said hey look at you know what go go take on debt if we're going to raise interest rates we're going to do it slowly we're only going to do it like maybe a quarter point at a time you know i i'm very blatant about saying they lied to us (laughs) um because in my opinion you know they encourage more people to take on you know housing debt and and spend money because because you know during covid everybody kept the money in their pockets and all of a sudden they drop interest rates and they're saying hey everybody let's 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 go spend some money You know, um, probably the biggest increases we've ever seen the Bank of Canada do historically, 2022. Um, Eight meetings, seven increases, you know, staggering number. Um, So tell me, you know, you have, you know, a fabulous team. You are living and breathing that. Tell me kind of the whole synopsis of 2022, how interest rates, you just saw this rise and how it affected everything.
1: Well, you know... It was a drastic increase, and, and um, you know it's not an accident that people are feeling it. So you know, from, let's put it in perspective. From a, from a historical perspective, these interest rate levels are fine. There's no problem with them. You know, we've had a three, four percent interest rate, five percent. We we can we can handle that. The problem was is the rapid rise, and and the as you mentioned, the statement from the Bank of Canada saying they weren't going to increase rates aggressively and people went out and made these major purchases and they're indebted for you know 25 year amortization periods and they expected to have time to pay off this loan at in and around the rates that they had. And so when you increase that to double and triple, I mean, it's not fair for these people because they they didn't have a chance to prepare for it. The information they had, they used the information, they listened. They were smart consumers. They they listened to the authorities, the Bank of Canada. You have, you know, that's our that's our government, that's our that's our um orga, you know, institutions that are telling us. And then they hit us with with these increases. Well, you know, yes, if you've extended yourself to that point of of, of really pushing your limits and now they've increased the rates, There's some pressure, but it's not just you. What I can tell everyone is we're all feeling that we're feeling the inflation from everywhere. We're feeling the interest rates coming up and you know what? The bank of Canada, as they raise them, they can also fix it. So, um, you remember 2020 Todd? Yeah, very well. Yeah. You know, it was a terrible thing going on at that time. You know, people were, were asked to stay home and so they weren't working and you know, in under normal circumstances, that would have meant that the economy would have crashed because nobody was working. But what happened? The government came in and they poured all kinds of resources and money and helped keep the economy going. And so we didn't have a crash, but actually if we talk about real estate, real estate actually just took off. Yeah. That's right. Crazy. It did last right? half. Yep. And people weren't working, uh, you know, at least most of them weren't working. They were at home and some people were working from home and then people started working from home. But I mean, there was adjustments that were made. So my point here is this, if you're feeling the crunch you're feeling the pain that's coming up the key here is to withstand it because you're not alone and it was a high increase in in the interest rates and when you're buying right now and if you can afford a property go into it because now it's it's more of of you're buying based on the current rates. you know what your payments are going to be and you're not going to have that huge change and the change is the issue not so much the, the actual interest rate
0: yeah you know, it's interesting because um, during during COVID, especially in the early days, the banks actually had a pressure valve in place, and it was that you could defer a payment. And, you know, I do make people aware of this, that, you know, reaching out to the bank, when you sit there and say, okay, you know, I may not be able to make this month's payment, you can, you can talk to them about deferring, uh, you know, one or two payments, which will then put you on par for what your mortgage payment would have been previously with higher interest rates. And this is one of the things that, you know, I find that, you know, I, I think the banks will be a little bit more forthcoming with this scenario so that we can, you know, let people know that we're not going to see mass defaults, but again, are some people, you know, in, you know, a little bit tighter? Well, you know, when we take a look, even during 2020 and 2021, you know, we still had the stress test in place. So the majority of these people still had to qualify at four and a half four point eight percent we're not far off that with some of the people that have locked in you know there are lots of people that locked in and the other thing is is that anybody that bought during 2020 2021 or partially into 22 y'all fix if you had a fixed rate mortgage you're locked in for the next you know three to five years you're good so the only people That i think are going to see a bit of a a little bit of pressure or or the most pressure would be the people that locked in at 2018 for a five-year term mortgage right now of course we know a lot of people are surfing around variable and the variable has you know obviously gone up but we're about to see i think some some interesting facts that'll come in in the spring and frank you and i you know haven't been in the world of real estate for so long we always see the competition come out do you think we're going to see the competition with the bank rates
1: I think that, you know, the banks are seeing that they're giving out less mortgages right now because the sales are down because people are uncertain. So there's a little bit of uncertainty out there right now. People are concerned about what's going to happen. But the banks have a business to run. And if they're not giving out mortgages, they're not investing their money, they're not making a good return. And I've seen some bank reports come out for the first quarter and they've been less than than stellar. So, yes, there's going to be some competition. And so the key here, you did mention that, you know, the people who are going to go with the five-year mortgage are coming up for renewal in 2018. The thing is, is they bought a property in 2018 that was much lower in price than it is currently. So they have a lot of equity built in there. So there's room for them to be able to withstand the storm. And so this is a little bit of a storm that's created by the, you know, the fast interest rate increase for those people who don't have the buffer. I mean, hang in there though, weather it and you'll be better. So you'll get through it. If you succumb to it, that's when you can get hurt. And so you try to not let it make, you make decisions that are not, uh, for the betterment of your family, long term. Yeah, you know, you did you did touch on something that I thought was interesting. You
0: said if somebody actually bought, um, you know, maybe February twenty twenty two. Yeah, there's a few people that are going to get hurt a little. But when we take a look at the big picture, and you did touch on it as well for twenty eighteen, there's a lot of equity sitting on a property. Anybody. Listen, anybody that bought in 2018, if you have not you know, over leveraged, you know, with, with extra credit lines and everything else, you get a boatload of equity as far as, uh, uh, you know, appreciation and you got five years of mortgage pay down, which, you know, most people aren't aware, but mortgage pay down comes in at about a rate of 3% of the mortgage per year, five years later, 15% less, plus your value has probably gone up by another 50%. Um, you know, one of the things I try to introduce people to help them understand is that, you know, a small HELOC on your property where you're, it's interest only can actually help offset so what you do is you actually pay down your own mortgage rate internally so you turn around you put a ten thousand dollar credit line okay and you turn around and use you know five hundred dollars per month off that credit line over the next year to help offset your cash flow and it works well your lenders will do it i've talked to a lot of the major banks they're all for it because they can actually help you get
1: past that monthly payment that gets frozen exactly and 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 this is about strategies to help you through a storm that that you know obviously it cannot be across the board because i mean the banks the 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 government does not want the average person to hurt i mean they they have to control interest rates sorry the inflation rate through interest rates and you know they're going to do what they need to but they can do it over a longer period of time they don't have to make it happen over a six-month period so that that's part of their strategy that they have in their pocket that they can pull out anytime so we're hoping that they're going to do that soon
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, I think, you know, when we take a look at the market, um, you know, when you and I talk about obviously numbers and what our forecast should be, which, uh, again, we're, we're going to talk about in the next segment, but I think that the government, I think they're astute enough to know that a lot of Canadians are tied to their, their, to their primary residence. There's a lot of debt that belongs there. They don't want to collapse their economy entirely.
1: The, the the home, the principal residence has been a staple for the, the average Canadian family and it helps them in their retirement. So, I mean, they've been using it as an investment. And so we want to encourage that because that is a great, great tool for long-term wealth.
0: Yeah, very well put. Um, so, folks, we're going to go to a quick break. Um, when I come back, I'm going to have more with Frank Leo. And by the way, if you're not following me on Instagram, it's The Simple Investor One. Uh, you know you're gonna uh, catch a few of our new reels and we try to highlight you know some really important stuff that happens in the world of real estate every single week and if you haven't signed up for our next simple webinar and seminar that's coming up on Thursday April the 27th at 7 pm. go to the simpleinvestor.com uh, I am throwing it out there I've got a record style release coming up you don't want to miss out on this one and we'll be right back after this and welcome back so in the studio today uh, i've got frank leo joining me great to have him back he's from uh remax west but uh just so you know frank is one of the top realtors in my opinion in the world and he's got the stats to prove it but you know what the most important thing is he's got the knowledge and frank you know we've been having a great discussion uh i do want to talk to you about a couple of things the idea that the canadian government froze out foreign buyers for the next two years, what gives, I mean, you and I know the numbers and I just, I find it almost, you know, they're,
1: they're kind of, it's a smoke and mirror tactic in my opinion. You know, when we talk about the the, the prime time when, when the foreign investors were in here and even at that time, they estimated it was only three to 4% of the actual market was foreign buyers. But when we look at where the foreign buyers were coming from, they were coming from China uh, from Iran and from, from Russia now if we look at those three countries that's where they were coming from that's the biggest investor we have problems with China the Russian problem we you know what's going on with Russia and of course Iran their economy is falling apart their 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 their, their currency is almost at a, an all-time low relative to the, Canadian, the American dollar so they can't even buy our property so you know I think it's uh, smoke it, it, it makes everyone feel better but I don't think that that has been our issue me and you talked about it earlier. Our issue was simply there's not enough housing inventory for 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 the population and the incoming population of new immigrants and and people coming to our part of the the world. And uh, we need more homes being built. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting because you know
0: you throw 500,000 new Canadians into the marketplace. You know, half of them coming to the GTA, and yet we you know we barely can get you know 20, 30,000 properties built. Um it's amazing that you know the government um isn't really crunching the numbers i you know i i i you know I know that the provincial government they're 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 trying to make a commitment to to build a whole lot of properties, right like we're t- they're talking you know one point five residents one point five million residents in in ten years um I have no idea how that is even humanly possible, considering the lack of trades you know like we've got an aging demographic we've got an aging population in the trades you know over the next 10 years you know i have uh, the guys on build you know join me all the time and they say todd we're we're going to be you know 30 percent less trades people because they're going to be retiring over the next 10 years so we're going to have less labor force and a higher demand you know frank um you know help us somehow like tell it to, what do we need to do
1: well, I mean, absolutely. you have no trades, you can't build. But, you know, if you look out there in terms of the cost of materials as well, it's gone up through the roof. So how can homes be built for less? I mean, you have to build them faster and they're going to cost more and you need more trades. You know, there, there's a lot of uphill battle to, to to try and accomplish those numbers that, by the way, we've never reached it to this point. They're, they're they're nice to hear, but they're speculative because they're way beyond what we've been able to achieve, you know, up to now.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, I always throw a shout out to Elon Musk that maybe if he could start, you know, making some robots for us that we could build some houses that might help. But, you know, at, at this stage, um, you know, I think, I think, you know, we've got to be more realistic. So this is, this is where, you know, for yourself, your, your, your staff, I'm pretty sure you're seeing, you know, more, you know, some of the laneway housing being, you know, offered out, you know, we've seen some basement apartments being offered out, you know, now we're seeing, you know. Uh, multi-level families coming into to one primary residence. You know they're they're looking for the in-law suites.
1: Are are we seeing more of that now in the market? Uh, absolutely. And so I mean, obviously, having an in-law suite or making a duplex or a triplex is, uh, or a laneway home. These are all methods of getting some some more uh, uh, inventory of of livable spaces for for families and for people starting out. And that's wonderful. So we're getting that, and people are are, are being resourceful. That being said, we still need a lot more being built.
0: Yeah. So. Frank, so this week we got the, the announcement for February and, you know, they're saying dollar for dollar down 17%, uh, volume is just like brutal in, in comparison. I mean, your, your February, 2022, I'm sure was just insane. And, you know, so it's really not a good measuring stick, but let's talk about the fact that actually the number of homes sold actually went up from. This January, so like month over month, a little bit of an increase, and you know, you you hear these things in the wings. There, there's a few multiple offers popping up here and there. Tell us what I need to know. The heartbeat. What's the heartbeat of gold, what's going on in real estate today? Well, you know, um,
1: yeah, oh. over last year, as we mentioned, last year was crazy. At This time there was, there's, you know, was just a frenzy going on, and so to compare it to last year is really not a good indicator because. That wasn't the typical market. So the market is is a good market. And one thing that we look at is the amount of listing inventory. How many properties are currently for sale? And we are at a very, very low inventory level. And so that is the problem. Unless we build up some inventory, the prices are, are gonna be maintained. And that's why, yes, we've seen some multiple offers because there isn't the selection and the amount of homes up for sale. So real estate has held its own. Why? Because I don't think it's a choice. I mean, the one thing that we have going for us is the weather. And, uh, you know, we can't live outside. We need a home. So everyone's goal is to get that home and, uh, they're going to achieve it. We want them to achieve it. And that's what we're going to help them do.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, as technology changes, you still need a roof over your head you know like this is this is the one thing you know you and I you know we can get you know your your watch will go off telling you that somebody's calling you and and, and by the way your you know your blood pressure is high <laughs> but at the end of the day no matter what technology can do we still need that roof over our head and when you throw in the, the the need to put roofs over you know another 500,000 people here in the country and and it's not like it's it's that natural attrition where it's like you know people that are already here, their family, the kids are growing up and wanna buy their first home. It's not that, it's, they literally like, it's like they pick up a big bag and they dump, you know, 500,000 people into a market. It's like, it's not the same as, you know, if your kids say, dad, can I live with you a little bit longer until I can save up or find the right house? And you say, hey, no problem. You know, Mom mom and dad are happy to have you here. No, they need, like literally they land at the airport and they need a roof and i just think it's very short-sighted you know by certain you know government agencies to say you know hey no problem you know like we need more trades we need more of this and we've got to create some kind of solution so what do you think i'm just going to ask your final thoughts what do you think
1: you know 2023 is going to look like in the world of real estate 2023 well we're looking at you know uh, the people who've overextended themselves who didn't uh, make the the right uh you know steps you know they didn't overreach they're going to be fine the people who went crazy and uh, you know uh just speculated hugely on real estate and those are the people that we don't want to talk about because they're not really investors they're speculators they're going in to make a quick buck the one thing I can tell everyone is this, real estate over time is the best long-term investment, but well, over time, we're not looking at one week, one month, six months or a year. We're looking at 10 years. You, over a 10-year span, I don't think there's ever really been a time where people have lost money in real estate. So if you look at it from a long-term investment, you know, get into the market whenever you're able to because it's very hard to time the market. You, nobody knows when the bottom is, but you know, whenever you are be able to get in, you get in because it's time in the market that's important.
0: Yeah and i think that as i said you know the the bank of canada has announced that they're 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 holding on the interest rate increases i think if we start seeing a little bit of easing of the inflationary numbers i think that you're going to start seeing you know people come back Cause a, a lot of people are sitting on their hands and i know that you you know your team does work with first time home buyers and a lot of people have just pent up demand you know they basically you, you you tell people don't buy for nine or you know six to nine months. All of a sudden they're going to say, okay, I, I've waited long enough. I'm going to jump in.
1: Yeah, just, people are uncertain. We need some certainty out there, and if we can get that from uh, our uh, institutions and uh, the, the government, that's going to help a long way to get people to you know make the move. Again, real estate as a long term investment as a home is not something that we should uh, you know. Um, discount it's everybody wants it everybody needs it and everybody's going towards that.
0: yeah well listen frank so great to see you here in studio it's been a long time and great to have you on the show thank you so much looking forward to bringing you back you know um you know in the next few months so we can get an update from you but thanks so much for joining me today thanks
1: todd pleasure to be here.
0: excellent so folks frank leo uh remax west you you know what Yeah, hear his commercials i got to tell you it's just always a pleasure to have frank here on the show with me and uh coming up after the break um i uh, i had uh bryn lackey and uh, dave butler um you know give me some some of what they would call their best practices and what people should be doing so are you thinking about you know buying and you need a new mortgage or something well you know what we've got some great suggestions on preparing yourself so that you can get you know what you're trying to truly achieve and speaking of achieving. Uh, make sure you follow me on Instagram, the Simple Investor one. And I'm going to keep giving you updates on what's going on in the market. And when we come back, I've got Bryn and Dave, so stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. You know, I got some special guests joining me here in the studio. Um, no strangers to the show. Uh, I've got Bryn Lackey. Um, Bryn has been here numerous times. She is a realtor with Chestnut Park as well as I columnist for the Toronto Sun, and I've got Dave Butler joining me from BM Select. And um, you know, one one of the things I thought up as a section was kind of best practice. And you know, I've got some you know industry leaders here, so I'm going to ask you both a little bit of you know how to get people prepared. And uh, Dave, I'll start off with you. You know, when when people are thinking of buying a property. You know, there's gotta be a few things that you can give as far as advice. Like, uh, you know, don't go to Leon's rate before you buy a place, you know, that kind of stuff, <laughs> taking on a whole bunch of debt. If you're going to give our listeners some sound advice on preparing yourself to start taking on debt in a mortgage format, what would you do? Wait, where's your checklist at? Well, the
2: checklist is going to be a one, two, three, right? So when you are applying for a mortgage, you want to have your credit up to the you know up to speed per se you want to have it so that the banks know that you're paying back your bills correctly and on time you want to have your income looked at right to ensure what is your affordability and then the third one is your down payment right because you will need a form of down payment the minimum down payment here in Canada to buy a home is five percent so um those would be the the top three things you need to look at now a lot of people are gonna say, "Well, what? Do, how do I find out my credit?" Well, there's two ways. You can actually go and run your credit. You know, on, I know on Equifax, TransUnion, they have. Uh, you can go on their websites and actually pull a version of your credit. You can also contact, you know, your bank or mortgage broker, excuse me, and they should be able to run your credit and actually go over it with you. We pride ourselves on actually showing clients their credit. I think it's. You know, the score is one thing, but I think showing them how they achieve the score or, you know, what is causing them a problem is very important. I think, you know, I'm a visual guy and I think clients a lot of times are very visual as well. They don't, they're always used to sitting across from the banker who's got the computer screen facing the banker, but not them. And kind of, you know, it's just kind of weird dynamic. We turn the screen around. I want you to see, I mean, we'll do zoom meetings and share our screen and show you every aspect of your credit and go over it with you, which I think is very important because as experts in credit, it's nice to be able to teach people what to do. Um, But yeah, you actually said a great thing, which is, you know, as it pertains to credit and affordability, you don't want to go and, you know, right before you're about to buy a home or about to apply for a mortgage, go and get your thousand dollar a month car payment. That is going to hurt your affordability, but it also could potentially do something to your credit. Not to say that you're not going to pay your bill, but a lot of people don't know that going and applying for things in a short period of time, the more times you have your credit run, it actually could impact your score. And there's been a lot of changes in the scoring system over the last, you know, a couple of years, at least in my 20 years doing this, there's been very different variations of how the credit works. So Uh, But yeah, not to bore anyone, but I would say credit, income, down payment. Those are kind of your top three things that you need to have in line. And of course, any mortgage broker, any banker should be able to sit with you and go over that and how that pertains to your file. And then the most important thing is getting your pre-approval number, right? You need to know what is your maximum, but not necessarily what your maximum is. It should be the bank or broker giving you your maximum and then you and your family deciding what's affordable i think maximum pre-approval and affordability are completely different things um and i think that needs to be taken into as a major major part of of getting your pre-approval mm-hmm. and buying
0: yeah so great points um i do want to elaborate on one you mentioned income now here's one of the things that um i think that our listeners should be aware of is that when you get your notice of assessment for your taxes because you know they're they're dave you being a broker i know that you can work with what they would call b lenders but when we talk about a lenders they're always typically looking for your notice of assessment can you explain that yeah i mean with with
2: a lenders you know you're going to want if you work at a regular you know a job let's say you're going to want to have your job letter you're going to want to have two pay stubs available you're going to want have your t4s and to your point Todd, the bank could come back and say we want to see your last two years of your notice of assessments Traditionally, at least in the last five years, you're seeing a lot of the banks, when they ask for a notice of assessments, they're going to want the accompanying T1 generals, right? So, and that was a way actually, believe it or not, for the bank to eliminate a lot of fraud in the mortgage industry. You know, there was a lot of, you know, years and years ago, there was, you know, banks would just ask for a notice of assessment. And, you know, as the fraudsters will do, you know, they were playing around with these numbers and, and, and manipulating them to the favor of the client in some cases. Um, the way, obviously, the banks were able to circumvent that is to continually ask for more backup documents that are tied to that particular document. And we're even seeing as well banks now asking for bank statements to actually show that the employer you say you work for is actually depositing money into your bank account. Know, they want to see that employer's name. So they've gone a long way in doing that. But yeah, with regards to affordability and documentation, uh, very very important that you you know again if you work at a company, job letter, pay stubs, T fours, notice of assessment. If you're self employed though, make sure you have your articles of incorporation or your business license make sure you have your notice of assessment your t1 generals and more importantly as well make sure you have your bank statements because there is a lot of banks now and even a lot of the b lenders are asking for your last six to 12 months of your bank statements for your business if you run a business so always 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 make sure you have this very uh, at access um and to your point with notice of assessments I can't tell you how many times people always tell me when I say I need your notice of assessment or your t1 general say Oh, is that the thing from the government? I threw it out. I throw it out every year. Does it? Is that the thing with the check attached to it? <laughs> and they take the check and then they throw out their notice of assessment. So don't do that because, guys, <laughs> it is not fun getting your notice of assessment from the government if you don't have your online account already signed.
0: <laughs> Good point. Great Talk points. To yeah, great points, Dave. So, Bryn, you know, you have to wear two hats as a realtor. Um, you can represent a seller, and as a realtor, you can represent a buyer. It's kind of hard to do both, but. Let's talk about sellers first somebody needs to get their house ready to sell what is some of the advice you give them
3: my favorite scenarios are the ones where people are sort of contemplating about selling contemplating making a move in the next six months and we start having that conversation then so i can go through their house with them and say hey very often some small changes can make a huge difference and it's beyond just decluttering and you know moving the boxes out of the garage simple things like retiling a bathroom or changing out hardware in a kitchen you know simple things that are not necessarily expensive so they can be time-consuming and especially when people have busy lives I think setting your mind to that early is helpful especially now when um, more and more often we're finding people prefer to sell before they buy very often um, that is sort of triggered when they find the thing they want to buy then they go okay well let's see if we can do this let's get this house up and let's try to get it sold So getting all the ducks in the row so that you are good to go. The house is already painted. Um, You know, you've already got a staging plan from your agent. You've already got recommended, uh, you know, I change a lot of light fixtures. You know, I have certain things I really like to do and I see results from. You know, those are all conversations we ideally have had long before. And then um, how the actual process goes, you know, then it's almost like hit the button activate and for... Um, the best scenarios, the client knows that their job is to figure out how to declutter and then my job is to do everything else. Yeah.
0: Um, And then, of course, a couple of issues that sometimes come into play could be the uh, potential of making sure that you've got a copy of your survey Mm -hmm. as well as, you know, knowing what you have leased. So there are people that have leased furnaces, leased hot water tanks, things like that, and making sure you have all that information available for you, the realtor.
3: Yeah, and I think that most realtors who are good at it will have a list of things they're going to ask you for. When we're signing listing paperwork, I am asking you, okay, I need to see your tax bill. I need to see, do we have any hot water tank contracts? Can you show me your Enbridge bill? I just want to double check. Um, simple things like, is your parking legal? Did you just put Flagstone out front and we're parking on it? <laughs> and having to explain- That how- happens in Toronto. It does, yeah. when do you realize that there there is no front pad parking that is not licensed. Well, sorry, there is a ton of illegal, but there is no just buy right front yard parking. So those are conversations worth having. Um, things like surveys, things like, oh, you okay, I see your fence is falling down there. Should we put it back? You know, just simple things like that to sort of eliminate drama before it happens. Those are the things that kill deals, especially in a market like this. And
0: and buyers, you know, Dave touched on it, getting a pre-approval, making sure they've got their ducks in a row, don't go spend out no money, figure out where you have your deposit and down payment coming from, anything else, I mean...
3: My favorite thing is every single time I work with a new buyer, I say, are you working with a mortgage broker? Are you working with a person who picks up the phone? Have you actually been pre-approved or did you, you know, crunch some numbers into a mortgage calculator? If someone tells me they went to the bank and they talked to a guy, I have, I almost always say, hold on, like, let's try column B also. And you can make your own decision. But I have now, especially when things were hot having a broker you could call and say, hi, there are offers tomorrow night. Can we sort of do the financing beforehand? Can you run this property and get everything sorted? That was the difference between going in blind. I think there are a lot of um, misconceptions that when people are going in firm offers without financing or without home inspection, that those things never took place. If you are working with someone who knows what they're doing, those things are happening before. So having a good mortgage broker to actually handle that that's how I feel confident letting my clients go forward. I don't have that confidence when it's, you know, a mortgage agent from the bank who, you know, is is has been there three months,
0: yeah. excellent. Well, listen, Dave Bryn, thanks so much for your great input. Um, just again, folks, A little bit of information before you go out and buy, before you go to sell, you know, keep some of these things in mind. And it was great to have uh, Britt and Dave join me. And I do want to really thank my special guest joining me today. I have Frank Leo in the studio with me. Awesome to see him again and get his take on what's going on in the world of real estate. And of course, there's so much always going on. So thanks to Frank for coming in. And uh, I do want to thank my producers as usual. I've got Omar and Aiden in the booth here in-house, and of course, I've got Ian Grant. He's just kind of keeping it simple as he does every single week for us. But more importantly, I want to thank you for making us the number one real estate talk show last year in 2022, and hopefully that will happen in 2023. So of course, I will be back next Sunday as usual. I'm your host, Todd C. Slater. You've been listening to Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010 Toronto.